Welcome to my seminar, How to Use Logos Bible Software to Study Biblical Theology. Now, before we jump into the program, there's a couple questions I'd like to quickly address. First, why is studying theology so important? Well, as you know, God has revealed who He is book by book. It's been revealed progressively, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And if we only understand one part of the Bible, then we really don't have a complete composite picture of all that God has said. This is why we need theology to gather all that information so we have a complete view and we have all the information we need to rightly understand Him and His will. Now the next question is, what's the difference between a systematic theology and, let's say, a biblical theology book? A biblical theology book walks you through book by book. It organizes the theology based on the book, whereas a systematic theology will organize it by topic. So, for example, if I want to study Christology, if I go to a biblical theology book, I would learn all about Christ, but only from the book of Genesis. But if I go to a systematic theology, I can look up Christology and I can see everything the Bible says because it's all organized under that topic. Now, the third question is, what role does theology play in the study process? This is actually pretty important. Now, the way we're supposed to study is we do our exegesis, we come to a right understanding of what the Word is saying, and then we compare that to our theology. Now, if there's a disagreement, we recheck our work to make sure we truly have studied the Bible accurately. But if we realize we've got it right, then we have to ask the question, maybe there's something wrong in our theology, and we have to reevaluate that. Now, this is important, and this is the proper process. Because if you insert theology too soon in the Bible study process, you can kind of guarantee your outcome, in a sense, the tail wagging the dog. Let me give you an example. Let's say you don't believe in the thousand-year reign of Christ in the Millennial Kingdom. You can interpret all the passages in the Scripture that speak of this in a different way, and that's exactly what all millennials and other non-dispensational theologians will do. They'll take the evidence and the presupposition there is no literal reign and begin to interpret based on that. So all the passages that we would use to explain the literal reign of Christ, they would use to say, no, it's not a literal reign. And that's a problem we must avoid. We must let Scripture interpret our theology rather than our theology interpret Scripture. Let's move now to the next part of our presentation, showing you how Logos can help you study biblical theology. Now, the first step in using Logos to study biblical theology is to organize your library, to gather all your theological resources in one place so that you can search those books and those books alone. Now, Logos makes this real easy. The first thing you want to do is go to the main menu and click Tools. After you go to the main menu and click Tools, in the search box, type in Collection. This will open up in a menu the Collections feature. You can see it there under Library. So let's go ahead and click Collections. The Collection window has two primary boxes that you need to enter information. The first box is the name of the collection. So let's just call this our Theological Collection. Pretty straightforward. The second box is the Rule. Now, in Logos, they have tagged all their books with special categories and classifications. This makes it easy to organize your library, and when you add new books to your library, the rule will automatically take those new books and apply them. So if you, in a week from now, were to add another theology book to your Logos library, 
this collection will automatically add that book. And that is very powerful. We have to create a rule that identifies all the theological books in our library. It turns out it's pretty easy to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to type in the following, the word type. Now the word type represents the type of book that there is. Now we have to give it a type and that is theology. As you can see here, that Logos has two types of theology books that it's tagged in its library. The first is biblical theology and you can see those listed there. And then the second type is systematic theology. And this will get pretty much most of your theology books. Now I'm going to expand this window by folding my mouse here at the right so you can see the types of books that Logos has tagged. Now notice here it says Biblical Theology, but this book is Anti-Judaism in Galatians, Exegetical Studies on a Polemical Letter on Paul's Theology. As you can see, this is more of a commentary, but it is bringing about theological themes. Now, other books are pretty clear and straightforward. We have a Biblical Theology in the New Testament. Here we have Christ, Lord, Son of God. So many of these resources are primarily theological books, which is great. So we're not going to make any changes, but just to show you one interesting feature, if you find a book in here that you don't want, let's say we really don't want this commentary, you can left-click on the title and drag and drop that into the minus resources box over here at the right. And when you release your mouse, that book will appear here in the list, but also it will remove it from below. This allows you to refine your collection so that you have just the books that you want because it's sometimes hard to write the perfect rule that gets just the books you want and no others. So be aware of that feature. Now, if there's a book that is not in your list, but you want to add it, simply go to the library icon, click on it, and then type in the name of the book that you want. Now, here I have a survey of the New Testament, and let's say I want to bring that into my collection. I left-click on the title, drag it off the library window, the library window will disappear, and then I'll drag it right here under the plus these resources. I release my mouse, and now that book has been added to my collection. In fact, you can see it there under monograph. So this gives you the ability, the plus these resources and these minus these resources, to really refine your collection. Now I'm going to go ahead and click the X at the right to remove that resource. And I'm going to go ahead and leave this one in because I really don't want to use that resource. Now, the systematic theology is the other section we have here. And as you can see, these include mostly systematic theologies. Though, on occasion, you get things like this, a systematic theology of the church fathers. So that's a little bit of a different twist. And if you want to keep those, leave them there. If you want to remove them, then just left-click and drag. The reason you're seeing two resources is I have a Protestant edition and a Catholic edition. So I'm going to drag one of them off because I really don't need both. They're exactly identical for the information inside. So as I scan through, I can see that there's some great resources. Now, once in a while, you'll have other duplicates. For example, here I have two resources, Christian Theology 3rd Edition and also Christian Theology 2nd Edition. Since this is a duplicate, I'm going to remove the first edition and drag that over to the right. So that's some of the refining that you really should do when you're finished. Now that you have all your resources in there, we're pretty much done. So what I'd like to do is click the new button and that'll save it. And then I'll click the X button to close it. Now later in the training, we'll show you how to search this. But this is a very powerful feature. 
We've now taken all our theology books, put them in one location, and now we can search those resources later. This next tool I want to make you aware of because it can be very helpful to understand the types of systematic theology books you have in your library. Now, some of you may or may not have this depending on the edition of Logos, but let me show you where you can find it. First, go to your library icon and click it. Then, in your list, I want you to type in the word interactive and then theology. If you have this resource, you will see systematic theologies with the interactive tag. Go ahead and click on that item if you have it. Now, I'm going to left click on the border and then drag to expand the window. Now, this can take a few moments to load depending on the size of your library and the speed of your computer. Once the window is fully populated, you're going to see that this is really helpful. What makes this tool so useful is that it can tell you the theological background to the book. And I love this feature. So, for example, here we have Basic Theology by Charles Ryrie. If we click the triangle and expand it, we get the additional information. First, we see that it's non-denominational. And then we see the author. And if we float our mouse, we can get some biographical information on him. Now, unfortunately, this one is a pretty nondescript term, non-denominational. But if we go over to the left, we have these additional filters. This is very helpful. And you can see we have the author, we have denomination. If we scroll down with the vertical bar at the right, we have era and we have type. Now, the probably the most helpful is denomination. You will notice, unfortunately, that there is not a dispensational category. And this is a real limitation of Logos at this point in time. Hopefully, they'll correct that. But you can see that there is some pretty helpful categories here. For example, if we want to look at Reformed theologians, we can click on Reformed, and now we have a list of all our systematic theologies that have a Reformed bent to their systematic theology. I like this because sometimes I have resources in my library and I'm not quite sure who the author is or what their theological leanings are. This allows me very quickly to identify those books. And once again, we can click the triangle to expand it and see if there's any additional information. Notice too at the left, we can sort by authors. We can also look at the era. So we could click on Reformation and look at the theology at an earlier time. This is useful to see how views may have changed, or we can go to primary resources where views were first initiated, and we can see how things have changed since then. That's very useful. The last category is type, and this is just to help you identify larger systematic theologies from smaller systematic theologies. So, for example, if we click on concise, we now have two concise systematic theologies. And again, if we click and expand the triangles, we can find out more information. As you can see, this is an important tool to understand the theological leanings of a particular author in a book. Let's go ahead and close this resource by clicking on the X on the tab located here. We are now ready to explore the theology of a passage. So let's go ahead and open up our Bible and let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. To open our Bible, it's pretty straightforward. We click on the library icon and we type in the abbreviation for our Bible. I prefer the NASB 95, so I'm going to type in NASB 95. Once you see your Bible in the list, go ahead and click the title to open the resource. Now that our Bible is open, we need to go to our passage, Ephesians chapter 2. You'll notice at the top left, we have a Bible reference box. 
click in the box once and then type in the following. Use of the first three letters of the book is sufficient, then space, then type in the chapter, then type space. Notice you do not have to put in a colon or a period and then put in one for verse one. You'll notice below a drop down menu has appeared to confirm that you have the right passage. In this case, Ephesians 2.1. Also below that, it gives us the pericope title. That is those little section headings, which is made alive in Christ. Clicking either one will take us to Ephesians 2.1. I'm going to click Ephesians 2.1. So here we are at our passage. Now the next step is to identify the theological themes found in our passage. But the question is, what are the theological themes? Now I'm going to show you how to download a free tool so that you can get these themes inside your Logos program. So the first step is to click on Docs, then click on Public here at the top, and then type in Learn Logos. Then under the filter type, I want you to click Highlighting Palette. And over at the right, you're going to see theology-learnlogos.com. Click that item, then at the top right, click Add to your Documents. When you click Add to your Documents, you'll see a blue bar appear pretty quickly, and that's to show you it's downloading. When it disappears, then it's downloaded. And as you can see, that was pretty quick. Now, what we want to do is click on Yours to put us back into the non-public view, and then just click off the menu to make it disappear. Now, the question is, where is it? To find it, simply go to Tools, and then type in H-I-G-H. For high, you will see the menu highlighting. Go ahead and click on that menu option. Now, when you open up the highlighting toolbar, it kind of gets embedded at the left, which is fine. But for this video, I'm going to left click on the tab, drag it to the right. You can see the shading area is a little bit larger and release. This allows the highlighting palette to take up more space and therefore will be easier to read. If you scroll down the list, you'll come to theology-learnlogos.com. Now, I've clicked the triangle to expand it. And these are the 13 major theological themes of Scripture. Every verse in the Bible contributes theological insights to one of these 13 categories. You have Scripture, Bibliology. We have God the Father, Theology. God the Son, Christology. God the Spirit, Pneumatology cosmology or the spiritual material universe that is those are things in these realms sun moon stars trees etc angels or angelology i have separated satan and demons into its own category man anthropology sin homartiology salvation soteriology i have separated israel because we're dispensationalists so that'd be israelology the church ecclesiology and end times eschatology now having this list makes it easier now for you to read a passage and tag it based on the theological themes you read. Now, how do we do this? This is a very straightforward process. It's not intended to be super technical. But what you want to do is read the passage and ask the question, which theological theme is being primarily addressed? So, we come to Ephesians 2.1 and we read, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. So we certainly see man in this passage. So we could say you, we could select it, then go over to our highlighting palette and click man. Notice that the icon gets added. Now you'll notice there were some other icons listed here because I've already done this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to erase those for now. And the way you erase these is you select the text and you'll notice that a little pop-up menu appears. 
with a little do not symbol. And if you click the do not symbol, that will erase it. Also, you'll notice in the highlighting palette, there's an erase button there too. So there's two different ways you can erase a highlight that you do not want. I'll click the do not symbol. So we've tagged man, you, but if we read, it says you're dead in your trespasses and sins. Well, clearly that's dealing with sin or our category, harmartiology. So I'm going to select trespasses and sin, and I'm going to click on sin harmartiology. Notice the forbidden fruit has been added, giving us a visual identification to the category. Now, what you want to do is repeat this process all the way through the passage you're studying. Verse 2, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working the sons of disobedience. Clearly, the prince of power of the air is a reference to Satan and demons, specifically Satan. So we select that phrase, go over to the left, and click Satan. And now we have him added. Now we could go and tag these other ones as well, but I want to move a little more quickly with this example. Among them too, we formerly lived in the lusts of the flesh, indulged in the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Clearly, this passage is dealing with sin. I'll just select formerly lived to kind of capture all that. The next passage is verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. So God's introduced into the passage. So we select God and we choose God the Father since it seems that that is referencing him. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ by grace whom you've been saved. Now there's a lot in this passage. We're dead in our transgressions. Clearly that's sin. So let's select dead in our transgressions. Click sin. Made us alive together. That's salvation. So let's select that and click salvation. And now we have Christ introduced to the passage. So we'll click on Christ, God the Son. Let's continue with verse 6. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, heavenly places certainly is referring to cosmology. So we'll select that text, click on cosmology. Raised us up with him. Again, that's referring to salvation, though some may say that's implying our resurrection, glorification, and therefore you could have end times thrown there. But let's keep it simple and just put salvation for now. You can always come back and change these as you study the text more precisely. See us with him. Again, that's got a combination of Christ in here. There's him. So we'll click on God the Son. And see us again is referring to cosmology. We'll leave that untagged. And then there's Christ Jesus at the end. We'll click that as well. Now, if you're not sure if him is referring to Christ or the Father, sometimes you can right-click on these personal pronouns and Logos will provide us an answer. But in this case, it did not. Let me right-click one more time and see if it gave it to us. And it did not, which is really frustrating when that happens. So for now, we'll go with Christ. But again, if our studies prove otherwise, we'll come back and change that. Verse 7, so in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace. Well, ages to come certainly is referring to end time. So we'll click that. And then surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. There's Christ Jesus. We'll click God the Son. I'm going to turn off my notes because it has all this highlighting. So I'm going to click my three dots, uncheck just my notes. So I'm going to expand notes and highlighting and just get rid of some of these notes that I have here. Okay, I've removed my notes. So we come to verse 8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Let's select that whole phrase and that's dealing with salvation. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Again, that's dealing with salvation. 
But notice we've got God in here. So let's put in God the Father. Verse 9, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Again, that's dealing with salvation. We could select the whole verse and click salvation. And then verse 10, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus. There's Christ, we'll select him, God the Son, for good works, which God, there's the Father, we'll click on him, prepare beforehand that we should walk in them. And again, workmanship is something that God does. And uh, so we could select that and choose salvation. And then that we should walk before him. That's dealing with our sanctification. And certainly that would apply for salvation. But we could also put in the church, though it's indirect. So I'll let you make that call. But really, I think it's focusing on our walk. And that's dealing with our salvation. And of course, salvation includes our justification and our sanctification. Now let's pause there. Now we did this very quickly. And you could do this way more detailed phrase by phrase, word by word. But you'll notice that there is a clear pattern. And what we want to ask is, what's the primary theological theme and what's the secondary theological theme? Well, the primary theme in the first part is clearly sin. That stands out more than anything. The major shift takes place in verse 4, where the second theme is really our salvation. That clearly is the main theme for this verse. So we have sin, And then we have salvation, two components, justification and sanctification. Those are the main theological themes. Now, the next step is to study those themes more in depth. Now, before we do that, you would pause here and you would study your passage. You would go through the exegetical process to understand all the words, the phrases, the grammar. You would do all those steps first because you want to understand what the passage is saying before you jump into any theological studies. If you don't complete that step first, we'll be back to what we discussed earlier, and that is you're bringing your theology into interpretive process, which we want to avoid. We want to study the passage first, then look and check our theology. So let's pause here. Assume that you've done the exegesis for this passage, and let's move to the next step, which is to understand the theological background of this passage. Now, the next step is very straightforward. We've already identified the primary and secondary theological categories. What we want to do next is review those passages and write down in a bulleted format the details that we learn about each category. So, for example, since sin is our primary category, we would write down everything the scripture says in our passage about sin. So, here it says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So we would write down dead and trespasses and sins. Verse 2, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. We would write down that phrase. We would also write down that we walked according to the prince of the power of the air. So we work through each passage reviewing and writing down in a bulleted format the details associated with each theological category. This will allow us to understand what this passage specifically contributes to our understanding of the greater theological category. So go ahead and pause the video and write down those items for our primary category, sin, and our second category, salvation. We have now come to step five, where we're going to search for our passage in theological books. If you remember earlier, we created a theological collection, and this represented two types of books, our systematic theology books and our biblical theology books. Now, why are we doing this? Remember, this passage is giving us some of the information on sin and some of the information on salvation, but it doesn't give us everything that the scripture says on these theological themes. So what we want to do is find 
where our passage is in those resources. We want to read and review our theology books. And what we're looking for is a couple things. First, we're going to look for other cross-references that may give us additional insights or other passages to help illuminate what this passage means. We also want to look at what else the scripture says on the topic of sin and salvation. Remember, as you're reading through these theological resources, your primary goal here is first and foremost to make sure that you are understanding this text better. What we want to avoid is jumping off on a theological tangent that's not related directly to this passage. That's going to be confusing to the audience. What we're trying to do with this step is go deeper in our understanding of this passage. What does it really mean to be dead in your trespasses and sins? Now, we get some of that information from our exegesis by doing word studies and understanding grammar, but we also can get more information through cross-references and looking at other places that deal with this topic more thoroughly, and that place is in theological resources. So let's go ahead and do this search. So go to the main menu there at the top, locate the search magnifying glass, the open search panel, and click it. Next, locate basic on the tab and click it because we're going to use the basic search. And then we're going to change some items in the menu. First, it says all text. Yours may or may not say all passages, but if you do have that option, choose all passages. If you don't have the option, that's okay. You can skip the step. And then click the blue underlined word, whatever it may be. Type in Theological Space Collection, which is the name of the collection we created earlier in the training. You'll see it listed here once you type it in correctly under Collections, Theological Collection. Go ahead and click that. So now we have all text. You may or may not have all passages and Theological Collection. This collection, remember, is all our systematic theology books and all our biblical theology books. Now, we have to put in search criteria that will help us find our passage in these resources. Now, this first search is kind of optional, but I like to run it. I'm going to type in Ephesians space 2 colon 1 through 3. Notice I've got a less than sign at the beginning and a greater sign at the end. Now, the reason I chose these first three verses is they are primarily speaking on this issue of sin. Now, here's where we have to make some changes to our search criteria. Click on all text, then click and expand the triangle next to search fields. And what we're looking for is two checkboxes. The first one is heading text, and the second one is large text. Here's what's going on. I'm going to close this menu by clicking on heading text, large text here at the top. Those two special search fields will search for our verse in the title or the chapter name. This is very important. Let me go ahead and run the search and I'll demonstrate. Let me go ahead and run the search so I can demonstrate. I'm going to click the white arrow and the circle at the right. But as I expand the search results, I want you to notice something. See how Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 exists in this search range 2, 1 through 10, but it also is a chapter section title. Let me click on this blue heading and open up the resource so you can see this more fully. See how 2, 1 through 10 is actually part of the section title? The reason this is an important search is that you're taken to a paragraph or a chapter that is focused all on this verse. That's going to be better information than just some passing reference on Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, or in this case, 1 through 3. If we click on the second search result, we can see here, salvation by grace through faith, 2, 1 through 10. There we can see 2, 1 through 3. 
So what we want to do is just read these and see what additional information we glean. And again, we're looking for additional cross-references. We're also looking at explanations that may help illuminate our understanding of this theological theme, sin. So just looking at this one real quickly, this is very concise information. It says, Paul then reminds his Asian readers of their own personal history of enmity with God. They were dead in their sinfulness, imprisoned by the trinity of evil, the world, the flesh, the devil, and courting divine wrath. So we get this explanation here of courting divine wrath. In other words, they're under God's wrath. But God's loving mercy has found them and rescued them by grace through faith. So this has given us insight for our next section. Now, what do you do with this information? Well, the easiest thing to do is copy and paste into your Word document. But I do want to introduce one tool that is really handy. It's under Doc Menu. So go to Docs on the menu, then click New, and then choose Clippings. Now, I'm going to label this the passage that I'm studying, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. The number in parentheses informs me that I've used this title three other times. So I'm going to just put in here in parentheses, IFCA, so that we can differentiate it from the other ones. Now, the clippings document allows you to select text and save it, almost kind of like a three by five index card from the olden days. So I'm going to go back to my book, and I'm going to select this text, just the first paragraph. Once it's selected, I'm going to right-click on it, or if you have this special menu, click the three dots. You'll see in the menu at the right... Save as passage list. You may have to scroll down to get it. And you're going to see your Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 IFCA clippings document in the list. I want you to click that option. Now, what's happened is the clippings document has opened it up. But notice a couple things. First, all the text that we selected has been inserted into this virtual card. Also, a link back to the resource has been included. We have date and time, and we can add notes and other information. If we click this little arrow on the bottom right, our bibliographic information has been saved as well. So we can generate a bibliography of all our notes. It's a wonderful feature. Now to return back to our clippings, just put your mouse at the bottom right and click the arrow. Now the reason I like the clippings is I can read a lot of information and save all of this research and then I can come back and decide how I want to use it in my sermon. So that takes care of the first resource. I'm going to click on the other one. As we read through the text, let's see what we learn. Having praised God for the riches of grace bestowed in Christ and having prayed for the recipients of his letter to have a full experience of that grace, Paul proceeds to unpack the substance of this grace more fully. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 elaborates on the notion of the church as the fullness of Christ, sharing the power of his resurrection. Now, if we keep reading through, we can see more details. Now, I'm looking for verse 3. And there it is in the context. Okay, let's see what this paragraph says. The gist of this passage is that although the Gentiles were once dead because of the sins in which they once lived or walked, God in grace made them like Paul alive with Christ. So this section doesn't say too much about their past other than saying that, yeah, they were dead in their sins. Now, if we go down further though, we're going to see that 2, 1 through 3 is highlighted here. Let's see what this says. The first three verses what 25A describes the former situation of the author and recipients and the status of all non-believers as one of death and disobedience. Now, there's some extra information. So here, we're getting some more insights. Although the text does not portray sin singular as a power to which humans are enslaved, as does Romans, it does suggest that humans not in Christ are in a state of obeisance and slavery to the flesh, and especially to the rule of the power of the air. This is likely a reference to the devil and to the very cosmic forces under his command over which Christ is now Lord, but which still exercise power during this present darkness. 
Moreover, the results of this condition are the same as those in Romans and elsewhere. Not only death and disobedience, but also divine wrath. Now, this is an excellent paragraph for several reasons. I'm going to go ahead and select it. I'm going to click my three dots. I'm going to go back to my menu at the right, scroll down to add a clipping, and choose Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and add that context. Now, it's added to our clipping, so we have the research saved. Now, what I like about this section is the additional cross-references But notice how it is integrated and referenced the book of Ephesians. What's really wonderful about this is you're showing how this passage fits in the nearer context of this book. That is very important. Now, once you've gone through the resources with this heading and large text search, what we want to do next is turn this off and search all our theological collections. So let's go ahead and do that. So I'm going to click on heading and large text, and I'm just going to uncheck search fields. Pretty straightforward. Now, you're going to get a lot more search hits back. Here's what I recommend you do. Click on Ranked in the search result window. The reason I clicked on Ranked is I now can see the headings for each section. Now, since we know our primary theological theme is sin and salvation, what we want to do is look at these headings and see if any of them mention this concept of sin homartiology. For example, here I scroll down. This is the corruption of the image. That would be a good area to review. That would be a good area to review. Scrolling down, let's see what else we have. We have the fall of man under the great doctrines of Bible. That would be a really good one. Here's the role of cosmic powers if we wanted to digress on the demonic realm. We can continue to scroll through these. Here's another one, human depravity. I'm going to click on human depravity just to take us there. Now, if you click human depravity, the heading, it'll take you to the beginning of the article. If you click the cross-reference, it'll take you to the section in the paragraph where your passage is discussed. And now what we want to do is review all this. Now, in my personal opinion, reading the whole article is very valuable because you're going to get the full picture of what is being said. Now, you don't need to read every single systematic theology and biblical theology resource, but you should read a handful of those and you want to read until things start to repeat themselves. By that point, you're pretty much in a good place where you're not hearing anything new. You probably have exhausted the information and now you're ready to finish studying that topic. And that's a good rule, but it's also very time consuming. Now, as you're going through and reading, you're going to be saving these things to clippings so that you can review those at a later time. And that's really the goal of this step. You're going to take the passage, you're going to search on the headings in the large text to find major articles on your passage, and then copy and paste that information to clippings. Then you're going to do a second search without the headings in large text and look for passing references to that text, but looking for articles that are related to your theological theme. This is important. We don't want to look at every article, just the ones that are referencing our theological theme. We'll collect all that information, and now we have reviewed our theological themes. We have gleaned additional information. As I said earlier, what we're looking for is insights that help us understand our passage better. We want to avoid going off on a theological tangent. And so that wraps up this step. Now, before we wrap up our training, there is one other feature I'd like to demonstrate. Let's go back to our passage, Ephesians 2.1, and right-click on the word since. Now, when you right-click on any word in Logos, you have access to the right-click menu. And as you can see, there's a lot of additional information that Logos has added to this particular word. Now we can do word studies from here, but that's not our focus today. I want to look at a couple items in the menu a little bit further down. First is the preaching theme. You'll see a little pulpit icon. 
sometimes you'll see a little triangle next to it. Go ahead and click that. Now, preaching themes are themes that Logos has added to the program that you can search on. What I like to do is look through this list and see if it's related at all to our theological theme. Now, if we scroll through the list, we can see quite a few themes related to this one word or this verse. But if we scroll all the way down, we will see that sin, our preaching theme, is listed. And since that's related to our theological theme, let's go ahead and click it. Now, once you click it, the right side of this menu changes. And now we can search for this particular theme. Go ahead to the search section and choose Bible. As you can see, we got quite a few search results, 5,000 plus search results. But what we've done is we have searched on this particular theme from Genesis to Revelation. This is very powerful. You don't have the time to read every single passage. But what you can do is narrow the search to, let's say, your book. So I'm going to go up to the top here, click on all passages, and type in Ephesians. Then below, look for the book Ephesians in the list and click it. Now what I'm doing is I'm searching for this theme within the book that I'm studying. This is very powerful because now we're looking at how Paul, in this case, talks about this theme throughout the whole book of Ephesians. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Everything that precedes your passage, in a lot of ways, is foundational to our passage. And then everything that follows that is additional information, but also could be implications and applications. So, when you run the search against the book that you're studying, understand the dynamics of its placement of information. And then extract that, summarize it, and relate it to your passage. This is a great way to see how your theme can be expressed in the book with different words and different ideas. And that is very powerful. Of course, you can always search other books of the Bible. You could, for example, click on Ephesians and we could type in Paul and we have a choice here, Paul's epistles, Romans through Philemon. Now we can study Paul and his writings on the theme of sin. We still got quite a few verses, nearly 450, but you get the idea. You now have the ability to search on this theme on a single book or multiple books. So make sure when you right-click on these words that you look at the preaching theme. Let's once again right-click on our word since. The right-click menu has appeared. At the left, if we look below our preaching theme, you'll see theological topic. In this case, it says actual sin. Notice though there is a triangle. Let's go ahead and click that. Now, if we scroll down, we can see all the theological topics related to this word and phrase and passage. We have actual sin, human will, the doctrine of humanity, original sin, regeneration, and structural human sin. So for our topic of sin, there's actually several, actual sin, original sin, and structural human sin. Let's search on each one of these and see the kind of results we get from Logos. So I'm going to click on actual sin, and then I'm going to choose Bible. Notice we're searching our Romans through Philemon. That's the last search we just did. So you're going to have to go back up here and change your search range. Let's go to all passages first, and now we've got 74 results. This is a much more manageable amount of information. Again, we can click on our search range and change it just to our book as well. Let's type in EPH for Ephesians and choose Ephesians from the list. Now we only have two passages. So these theological topics are much more narrow 
and therefore you can search a lot more of the Bible and still have a pretty manageable list of verses to review. Let's go back to our passage in Ephesians 2.1, right-click on sins, click on the triangle next to theological topic, actual sin, scroll down, and let's search on original sin. Then at the right, click on search Bible. Now, currently our passage range is Ephesians. Let's click on that and choose all passages from the list below. 17 hits came back. Again, much more manageable. So you would review those passages and decide what cross-references and ideas would be relevant for your passage. Let's once again right-click on the word sins in Ephesians 2.1. Let's click on the triangle next to theological topic to expand. Scroll down, and there's one more to look at, and that's structural human sin. Click on that, then go to the right, do search Bible. We have all passages already selected, and we got 14 hits. So what I like about the theological topics is that I can search the whole Bible, but I don't get so many hits that I can't explore each of the cross-references. Now, in review, what we want to do is read through these cross-references and see which of them would be appropriate to help explain this theological topic of sin for our passage Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Remember, our primary focus is to explain Ephesians 2, not to explain the rest of the Bible. If we're going to bring in cross-references, it's to illuminate Ephesians 2 and to help people understand how Ephesians 2 contributes to the rest of the scriptures, how this tree is related to the whole forest. This is a powerful search and very useful. Let's go ahead and right-click on sins one more time. I'm going to click on the theological topic, actual sin, but I want you to notice something that's under lookup. It says LST. This is a resource in Logos. If you don't have it, then you'll probably need to upgrade. I recommend giving Logos a call to learn more about how to get this feature. But let's click on LST. Now, LST is the Lexham Survey of Theology. It's a mini theological resource. What it's going to do is define this term, actual sin. So this would be a really good theological resource to read because it's very concise and it's going to summarize the topic. This is going to be very useful. Notice the various cross-references through there, key verses, additional verses, and even recommended resource. So this is launching you into the key theological resources that actually discusses this topic. Very powerful. So, for example, if you have the resource, the links will be enabled. If you don't own the resource, the links will not be enabled. And if you see a lock icon, that means you don't have access to the book. You'll have to purchase it. Now, also, you'll see this find more resources on actual sin. And if we click that, look what happens. The theology guide opens up. Now, I haven't had a chance to show you this feature, but I wanted to do it here through this particular tool. The theology guide, it gives you a topic. So it's basically taking it back to the survey. But underneath that, we have theologically related passages, some more key cross-references, recommended reading, which is very similar to what we see here over at the left. And then we have systematic theologies, taking us to the sections in these particular books on our topic. And there it is, actual sin in our lives. This resource, the LST, connected to our theological topic, really helps us find the last bit of information that we need to study this theological theme and topic. Also, and I love this section, related topics, Jesus' death, God's law, and so forth. I hope you're starting to understand how powerful Logos is. 
and how easy it is now to study the theology of a passage through these resources. The last section is see also sin. So notice if we fold our mouse, it's relaying us back to the preaching theme. But let's go ahead and click on sin. And what it does is it opens up the fact book, which then puts our theme in here. And it now does a search, gathering all the information on this particular preaching theme. Notice the three key related words, depravity, iniquity, worldliness. We have a definition. We also have several items in our search results. We have media. This may be a slide that you could use for a PowerPoint presentation. More cross-references under the passage section. Dictionaries that will actually define this word. You can see here under Tyndale, we have a definition of sin. Preaching resources. This includes illustrations and quotes. Senses will take a look at words related to this idea found in the scriptures. We have sin, the act, to sin, sin, guilt, pride, sinful humanity. And if you click these triangles and expand it, you're going to get additional Hebrew and Greek words related as well as the passages too. So this can help you search on related words to this idea of sin. Very powerful search there. Any cultural concepts, this would be very helpful to understand historical background, cultural implications, things along those lines. The domain will look at words related to sin. For example, atonement, idol worship, eating blood, etc. These are examples of sin and things related to the idea of sin, things that are sinful. But also, look at this, we've got repentance. Now, when you expand or click the triangle next to one of these words, Logos will rerun your factbook with that new word. So, be aware that you may lose your spot. Now, if you do lose your spot, just simply click the less than sign here at the top and that'll take you back to where you were. As you open these, I recommend clicking the section title to close it to move more easily through the list. There's also library results, which simply is looking through your library on these particular topics. So here we have B.B. Warfield. These are very helpful resources, but there can be quite a few. Journals, if you have theological journals, will also expand and open up to various articles on this theological theme. There's sermons. So if you have sermons in your library, it'll find sermons that talk about this topic. These can be helpful, but again, it's a lot of information to read a whole sermon. There's community tags, and these are Special tags that people who own Logos have tagged that they have found very helpful related to this topic. So in this case, here we have depravity, but notice this is under the context of classical Arminianism. So be aware of the resource you're looking at to understand their theological leanings. Here we have seven saving graces, living above the deadly sins, two kinds of sin, sin the dark side of the moon, and then we have the ESV where people have tagged some key verses as well. So as you can see, this theological topic that links us to the Lexham Survey of Theology becomes a excellent book with more links to more resources. As you can see, you can get easily overwhelmed by all this information. But knowing where the information is, is crucial. So let's go ahead and click on the X and close all this additional information. Okay, there's one more search I want to run, and then we'll bring this to a conclusion. Once again, right-click on Sins. The right-click menu is opened up. Now, the preaching theme and the theological topic are the predominant places you're going to go for searching on your theological themes. But I don't want you to miss some of the other tags that may be very useful. Notice here we have figurative language, physically dead. And if we click that triangle next to it, we can also see spiritually dead. These are powerful searches. 
because we're leveraging the figurative language in the scriptures. Now, we know in Ephesians 2.1 that we are spiritually dead, not physically dead. So let's click on spiritually dead, and then over at the right, click on search Bible. Now we're searching on this concept of being spiritually dead through all of scriptures, because our passage range is all passages. This is very powerful. Unfortunately, it's only for the New Testament, this particular tag. So we'd have to find this concept in the Old Testament and then search on its tag. And sometimes tags are different between the Old and New Testament. But nevertheless, we found some really good cross-references here on this concept. Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh. Let's once again right-click on sins and let's go back to our figurative language. Let's click and expand that. Here we have physically dead as spiritually dead. So it's a different tag. Let's click on that one. Notice again over at the right, we have lookup, L-F-L-B-G. Let's click that option. Now this is the Lexham figurative language of the Bible glossary. Notice it gives us a definition and then gives us additional links to Factbook to look up these concepts. So see this, like the other resource, it's a link to more links. I'm going to go ahead and click on the X to close this book. So in closing, you can see that Logos is a powerful tool and program to find related theological information to our passage. In fact, it's so much information, it can overwhelm you. Therefore, be strategic and remember this most important rule. You're looking for information that is related to your text that helps you go deeper into your text, but also helps you see how your passage is related to the book, your near context, and the far context, the rest of the Bible. In the end, my hope and goal is that your preaching will be more theologically precise and have more theological depth.